Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 383 of So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast that's all about the world of writing and publishing. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm your co-host, and I'm also CEO of the Australian Writers' Centre, where you'll find lots of fantastic writing courses and a wonderfully supportive writing community. And I am so excited this week because <laughs> she's back. I'm back, baby. I'm back. <laughs> I have been on my own for much of the summer, for some of talking the summer. Talking to yourself. Talking to myself or talking to you wonderful listeners. But uh, Alison is back, my partner in crime, Alison Tate, also known as A.L. Tate, author of many, many books, but her latest one is The Firestar, a Maven and Reeve mystery. How are you, Al? <laughs> oh, Valerie, it's been so long since anyone <laughs> asked me that. I don't even know how to respond. Um, okay, so I'm okay. Like, I'm I'm all right. I'm back. I'm pretty yeah, excited to be back. I feel yes. like the year actually just kind of really only begins in February, doesn't it? So well, yeah. It kind of feels like January 1 to me. I just feel like January, it lasted 297 days approximately, um, and yet <laughs> it's got, gone. I just kind of feel like I've been, I don't know, treading water somewhere for a while. Just get that visual, everybody. I was just treading water. <laughs> and now I'm back and I'm ready to swim forward. I've got so much to do. I have so much to do, including writing a newsletter today, which I haven't done yet. But anyway, but, it'll so happen. Did you, did you in January use that time to when you say you've got so much to do why did you plan your year in January or something no I spent most of January um, and anyone who's been following me on social media please come and see me on Facebook Twitter etc and you too can share the joys <laughs> of a daily update of my structural edit which is what I spent three weeks of January doing um, and I've got to tell you it's a terrible time of year to attempt a structural edit I I really struggled, really struggled um, because I just couldn't kind of get, I couldn't somehow manage to, you know, just sort of format all my brain cells into a, into a structure, into a sort of a scaffold enough to lift my way forward. So it right. was, it was just, it was really difficult. I just felt like I was picking up words and they were dripping through my fingers and not landing in a sandcastle of any so type. So did you get it done? I did. I did. I did it the same way that you do everything. I did it one day at a time. Yeah. I did it one word at a time. Yeah. All the hard bits, I I was just sitting there a couple of times just going, because it was all there. Like, I mean, you know, when I talk about this stuff, it's not like, you know, it was so awful I had to actually rewrite the whole book. It wasn't that. It was more the sense of... Like, structurally, the book was there and structurally the story was there, but it wasn't all on the page like it needed to be. So it was It was. how do I wrestle this information that I have to get into this story? How do I do it in such a way that it's on the page without being obvious, without giving away the ending, without, um, you know, just making sure that the reader had everything that they needed and not too much? And that is not always easy. And also no. just that whole notion of, you know, have the, the characters are established now because this is book two of the Maven and Reeve yeah. mysteries. So I've established the characters. But what I need to do now with those characters is obviously open them up a little bit more. They've got to develop, you know, they need a journey in every book in the same way that a, um, that a, a, the plot needs to be, you know, the mystery needs to be solved in every book. And because each mystery is a standalone, there's that notion of everything's got to be complete 
Mm. But the, the characters are still having to go on a new journey each book, you know. So it's a um, it's a fairly tricky balance that I that I really re- I really wrestled with it because it was um, you know, I knew what I wanted to happen and I knew how much detail needed to be there for that to happen, and it was just making sure all of that was on the page, but not too much. And yeah. it, it's a it's a challenge, and it's a big challenge when it's you know forty degrees, oh. <laughs> and all you really want to do is be at the beach. But you know, anyway, we got there. That's the main thing. Oh, good. And have you set some goals for the year and that sort of thing? Um, not so much at the moment. Um, we talked. Remember, we talked at the end of last year that my goal was to kind of make better use of all of the things that I'm already doing. Yes. So there's that. I'm I'm still looking at different ways that I'm going to to kind of like really consolidate a lot of the stuff that I'm already doing. Obviously, I'm going to write some new things this year. I've got some ideas. I'm actually looking at doing something a little bit different because I feel like I need a um, – I just feel like I need an injection of, of something else, you know. So yeah. I'm going to try something different maybe. Um, so I'm kind of looking at what I might do there. Um, and I'm just – yeah, I, I, I just feel like you've always got to be – if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, um, you just you wear a rut, you know. And I'm mm. I, I don't want to wear a rut in my creativity, so I'm looking at how can I do things a little bit differently, um, whilst working on and consolidating all the things that I'm already doing. And that's um that's an interesting place to be. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Awesome. What about you? Have you got goals? Or have you already yeah. done all this? You know, we are in February. Like no, you no, already- no. In fact, that's really interesting because you know how, like you were saying, you were looking for, you know, something different to do mm. and um, uh, for, for that injection. I kind of went the opposite way because um, I was in that Avalon lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, and also, you know, just because of the general uh, situation with the world, I didn't go out as much in, yeah. in throughout 2020, let alone throughout uh, Christmas and summer. And what that forced me to do was realise that I didn't miss certain things, ah. things that I thought were important or essential or, you know, whatever. And so what I've done is a bit of letting go. So mm-hmm. there was a bunch of things that I was going to scheduled to do this year and um, which, you know, um, uh, you know, were, were fine, you know, and they were in my professional capacity and all that kind of stuff. And I actually decided to let them go. I kind of did a Marie Kondo, you know, does mm. this spark joy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and no, so I, that I get is that. Interesting. Well, I, but it's also, it's interesting because I, I think last year suited me in many ways because, you know, I'm not someone who, you know, requires a lot of outside stimulation, generally speaking. But what I, it made me realize, and even with summer, because we had a lot of rain, we had a lot of heat, we had lockdowns, yeah. we had all that stuff. It's very, very busy on the South Coast over that period, which means it's very difficult to go anywhere because of the, you know, traffic and whatever. So I ended up staying at home and I've actually realized I need to get out more. <laughs> I've come to that realisation that I actually, like if I don't want to get myself into a deep, dark hole, I probably really do need to make more of an effort and get out more. So, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You kind of like, yeah, like I am very happy. to get out more too. Well, I'm really happy in my own company and stuff, but like I'm just, yeah, no, like I've got to get out more. Anyway, 
That's and where we are. And the other thing I will share in case this resonates with anyone else, because sort of towards like after Christmas when you kind of feel like, oh, I really need to start, you know, setting my goals for 2020 or 2021 or anything like that, I was kind of almost getting a little bit, not quite anxious, but kind of like, I don't really know what I need to be setting. And then oddly, I watched that kids movie. <laughs> Um, on Disney, Soul. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard really good things about it. Okay. So, I mean, the story itself, I mean, it's fine, but it's the message, right? And Mm. one of the key phrases, one of the key sayings in it is, why are you looking for the ocean when you're already in the water? Yeah. Oh, and I was just like, that really worked for me. Right. And that was just a big realisation for me that I don't have to keep reaching for the ocean, you know, enjoy mm. what I'm in now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was, a, that was an unexpected uh, consequence of watching the Disney movie. There you go. Disney's full of great messages. Yes. A bit like Pixar, you know, Toy Story is just, I don't know, there's a, there's a rule book for life in Toy Story. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so we want to give a big shout-out <clears throat> to somebody who uh, is left us a review um, called Frompador from Australia. <laughs> and Frompador says, Weekly dose of inspiration. This fabulous podcast keeps me inspired, offering a mixture of writing skills and the hilarious banter of Valinal. Hilarious <laughs> banter. any dark day. Brings oh, light to any time. Oh, wow. Thanks. I had no idea that we were yeah. – I mean, you know, I just thought we rattled on, but there you go. We're hilarious, Valerie. I love I, that. Thank you See, so well, I need a T-shirt. <laughs> Al is hilarious. And actually maybe a poster that I can look at on the days where I'm not feeling hilarious. <laughs> All right. I'm sure we can organise that, Al. So thank thanks, you, Frompador. Really appreciate it. Um, and if anyone else has 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast app you listen on, um, we'd really be grateful because it helps us in the rankings. So shall we move on to the world of writing and publishing we, we probably should at this point <laughs> do that as that's what people are here for really. That's right. So there's actually a bunch of different competitions people can enter and yep. writing competitions are such a great way to A, get writing practice, B, get recognition, C, get some money in some cases. Mm. So there's a, quite a number listed on the Australian Writers' Centre blog, which you can check out at writerscentre.com.au and go to the blog section. But we want to just highlight uh, a couple. Um, <clears throat> the first one is you can enter a competition with just the, five, the first five pages of your manuscript. It's called the First Pages Prize. So I think that's great because five winners will receive $5,000 total in cash awards and a a developmental edit to support um, uh, the finishing of their manuscript and also an agent consultation. So it's really quite a good prize, I think. Mm, It's a great prize. And also the first five pages, I mean, you know, they are the key pages as far as getting an agent or a publisher in the sense that you need to Get people in with those first pages, otherwise they won't read your glorious work. So I think it's an excellent exercise, if nothing else. Yeah. So you can go to firstpagesprize.com or, we've, like I said, we've got a whole list of different competitions and um, that sort of thing on the Australian Writers' Centre blog. There's also the 2021 
Questions Writing Prize, and that is open for young writers, where you can write either fiction or nonfiction, but it needs to be between 1,500 or 2,000 words. So it's not that long. And no. it's open to 18 to 35, no, 18 to 30 years old, people yep. who are 18 to 30. Young Australian writers aged 18 to 30. Yeah. Deadline for submissions is the 1st of May. So you actually have plenty of time. Make sure you get it in. Yes. You can go to questions.com.au or check out the list, yeah, on the blog. So that's just a couple of the prizes, but a lot of the prizes are being announced right around now. So Mm. make sure you keep your eyes and ears open. Yes, indeed. Now we want to give a big shout out to those on the West Australian Young Readers Book Award shortlist, don't we, Al? We do. We most especially want to give a big shout-out to our fabulous Australian Writers' Centre presenter, Sue Whiting, whose book of chance is on the shortlist, and also to um, the AWC graduate, Astrid Schultz, whose book, Four Dead Queens, is also on the shortlist. Both of those are shortlisted in the older readers category. So the West Australian Young Readers' um, Book Award is all about uh, it's a it's a children's choice award. So kids in Western Australia vote for their favourite books, um, and they make a short list out of those. And then they have you know the winner. They read them all, and then they then they choose their favourite book of the year. So it's a great one for kids authors because children's choice awards are you know this is what the kids are actually reading and what they're actually loving. So um, it's a it's a big kudos to to those two authors and to everyone who is of course on the short list. Well done. Yep, absolutely. Now, we want to point out a blog post called The Most Surprising Thing About Getting Published, which is on the Australian Writers' Centre blog, and it's got a a handful of authors who have talked about the most surprising thing about getting published. But, Al, I was interested to find out from you what was the most surprising thing about getting published for you? That's a really interesting question. I um, So I wanted to ask you this question, but of course you've turned this around so that you don't have to answer it first. Yeah, I'd just like everyone to know that this was my idea and I wanted to ask her first, okay, because then I would have been totally ready with my answer, which I'm not right now. Um, so I can answer I, first then. Will you answer first because I know what you're going to say, so you answer first. <laughs> All right. So the most surprising thing for me back in the day when I was first published was absolutely definitely the length of time that it takes because when you come from the world of magazines or in in these days when you have online news sites where you can write a story and it's up tomorrow or in the case of magazines up in a couple of weeks or in a few weeks um the years that it takes (laughs) to, to get a book done is the biggest shock and the other big shock because it's working in a news well working in a a magazine or a publication is such a deadline driven environment and there is no second chance you have to make that deadline no matter what or the world will end kind of thing yeah um whereas the the most shocking thing to me when I had my first um uh, you know, publication um, book was that like it was a week before the deadline, let's say, and that's fine. I was killing myself to meet the deadline. And then the publisher rings and goes, oh, how are you going? Oh, you can have more time if you like. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just like, that's that's so horrendous because you're really killing yourself to to meet that particular deadline and you're in a flow and you're in a rhythm because you know how to train yourself to get to a deadline 
And then to hear that and to hear that the deadline wasn't real in the first place, it's, for me, it was break, quite a did blow. Did it break your little journalistic heart? It did, didn't it? It did. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought, well, why did you tell it to me in the first place? Yeah. yeah. But it happens think, quite a lot. Yeah. So I think that my the most surprising, there was a couple of surprising things for me. So th- probably the first one was... Um, the editing process is very different with fiction to what you get. And again, for us, mm. I guess it's always going to be a contrast to what we were used to as far as, you know, journalism yes. goes. So I was used to an editor who said, this is crap, fix this, rewrite that bit, this mm. needs to be changed, yep. you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I was used to that, right? Yep. Yep. What you get with fiction is I think you need to think about blah, yes. blah. <laughs> Maybe you need to have some thought about this. And and the other thing is that you can disagree. You can go, no, um, it's my book. I'm actually yeah. going to stick with this. I mean, you don't want to be doing too much of that. It needs to yeah. be something that you feel very, 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 very strongly about. And if you're going to say that, you need to be prepared for the fact that you're probably going to need to do more work anyway to mm-hmm. actually make mm-hmm. sure that whatever it is that you're fighting so hard for earns its place in the story and earns its place in the book. Because if mm-hmm. someone is questioning it, then it's because you haven't quite got there. You're not quite right with it. It's not quite there yet. Um, So there's that aspect of it. It was this whole notion of how much of it um, it was about me, about what I had to do and what I, you know, I think you think you're going to be edited by someone and they're going to tell you what to do, but Mm. they don't. They just mm. tell you where the issues are and then you've got to figure out how to fix them. And I think that came as a bit of a surprise to me. Um, I was used to a much more dictatorial approach. Yes. Um, the other thing that really surprised me, and we've had this conversation many times, was um, how much of an anticlimax publication day is. I, I just, oh, it's still, yeah. even now, after all these years and all these books, I'm still gobsmacked by the fact that your book just silently slides out into the world (laughs) and there's no parade. I mean, I've talked about this, but every single time, you know, like I've got seven children's novels and several, you know, nonfiction books and another book coming and all of those things and still I'm still waiting for my parade and it still hasn't happened. But anyway, um, so there's that. So there's there's a lot of surprising things I think about – about published, being published. I think it's a mm. – because I think the idea of it and the reality of it. And the other thing that got me about it too was that day when I realised I had to do it again. Like that was – What do you mean? What do you mean you well, had to do it again? You get the book – like you, you, you're so focused on getting that novel published, on getting that first book published and, and, and all that stuff. And then there comes the realisation that if you want to remain a published author, you have to do it again. Oh, yeah. You have to keep doing it <laughs> and you have to keep doing it to that standard. And not mm. everything that you do is going to be picked up and not everything that you do is genius. It, that's a real shock. Mm. So, you know, there's that. oh my god okay all right well we have some news which is that our new fiction essentials course called scenes is launching this week it's this awesome self-paced course i've been through every word of it and i just think it's so practical and you'll learn so much and it provides you with guidance to choose and construct and write and edit your scenes, when to come into your scenes, when to leave your scenes, how to structure your scenes, the the kind of um, pacing that's required in your scenes depending on where it is in the book that, you know, we give you a whole kind of um, template for that. Uh, it's just an absolutely 
fantastic cracker of a course. Um, if you want to register your interest, you'll receive a special launch discount, which will never be repeated. Um, and it will launch on the 3rd of February. So make sure you register your interest at writercenter.com.au slash scenes. writercenter.com.au slash scenes. Now, also, we have a competition. This is really cool. Actually, I just read this book. So we have three copies of The Paris Affair by Pip Drysdale. And uh, Pip is coming up as an interview in the podcast. Um, but you can read her book first. So sharp, sassy and ambitious, Harper Brown has learned the hard way to trust no one and follow her instincts. When the artist she's writing a feature about, Noah X, is implicated in the murder of his model muse, she finds herself at the centre of the police investigation. Her passion for true crime podcasts and hands-on research on the ways a woman might escape dangerous situations makes her a force to be reckoned with. What Harper discovers is an opaque, oh-so-very-chic and deadly underbelly within the Parisian art world where nothing is as it seems. A dark mm. and sensual thriller... The Paris Affair pulses with the twists and turns of a Montmartre street. Once you start reading, you won't be able to put it down. There mm. you go. So just mm. go to writercenter.com.au slash win. Entries close on the 8th of February. And we have three copies of The Paris Affair by Pip Drysdale to give away. Writercenter.com.au slash win. Now, Al, oh, my God, it's been so long since I've asked you this. <laughs> And I have to say, can I just I'm a bit say excited. quietly before you start, I haven't missed it, but okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm braced. That's unkind. It's um, not. It's true. But anyway. Are you ready for the word of the week? Oh, Val, so ready. So ready. Okay, do you know this? Sesquipedalian. No. Sesquipedalian. Are you sure you're saying that right? I think so. Okay. S-E-S. <laughs> Q-U-I-P-E-D-A-L-I-A-N. Sesquipedalian. Okay. Lovely. It sounds like it has to do with old age, like septuagenarian, septuagenarian or octogenarian. And in a way, it is to do with something being long, although not long in the truth. Instead, it's an adjective meaning to use long words. Oh, Valerie. Valerie is a sesquipedalian. <laughs> so you might be turned off by some authors because of their sesquipedalian language. Or, of course, you might love some authors because of their – I just love saying it, sesquipedalian. I know. Yeah, I, just, we could just, like, a day sit here, sesquipedalian. <laughs> and if you regularly use our words of the week, you might be said to be sesquipedalian yourself. I don't, is anyone actually regularly using the word of the week? I'm I'm not 100% sure they are, Val. I think that they enjoy listening to them and they enjoy listening to you get excited about them. But whether yes. they're using them is a whole other story. Uh, all right. Um, that was the word of the week. All right, Al, so who is our writer in residence this week? Well, this week I'm very excited uh, to introduce Remy Lai, who is um, doing incredibly well. She's an Australian-based author. She is selling, you know, she's a bestseller in Australia and in the US. She writes graphic sort of prose novels, so they're heavily illustrated uh, novels, but probably with more words than you would 
necessarily expect in a in a graphic novel and they are doing really really well because graphic novels are having a real moment at the moment they're they're incredibly popular they're great for reluctant readers um so we had a, a really good chat about her process um about how she because i'm fascinated by the kind of like that marriage of illustration and story and words mm. and all of those things and so we had a chat about how it all works and how she you know I don't know how she does them in in less than five years each, but she does. Um, And she works, you know, full-time on them now. And so here she is talking about how it all happened. Remy Lai is the author of the internationally published, critically acclaimed graphic prose novel, Pie in the Sky. Her new novel, Fly on the Wall, is out now in Australia and internationally. Welcome to the program, Remy. Hi, thanks so much for having me here. All right, let's go back to the beginning. Can you tell us how Pie in the Sky came to be published? Was it was this the first time you'd ever tried, you know, putting together a, a graphic prose novel the way you have? Um, this would be my first um, graphic prose novel, but it's definitely not the first novel um, that I've tried putting together. Okay. Yes. So how did it come to be published and what, you know, what was the the kind of the backstory for tell us about Remy and where she was at when she first started writing Pie in the Sky. Uh, I think I, got, I first got the idea about these uh, these two boys who secretly who were secretly baking cakes, and um, for a long time, so I had this image in my head, but for a long time I couldn't figure out their story. Um, but then one day it kind of clicked, like it kind of it kind of occurred to me that they couldn't speak English. And from there, um, the story kind of clicked into place. Right. And I borrowed um, things from my own childhood because I only learned English when I was nine years old. Um, oh, yeah, and then so I borrowed heavily from my childhood and, yeah, for that book. And was it always, like, for you, is the process of, of uh, coming up with the idea for a novel like that, is it always words and pictures that you see? Like, is it always – or – you know, do the pictures come first? Do the words come first? Like, how does the actual, how does that go together for you? Like, how did the idea come to you? Was it the image of those boys that you saw first? Uh, for Pie in the Sky, yes, that was the the first, um, the beginning of the book, um, the image of the boys. And I think for me, for a lot of my stories, um, it begins with a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can see this character in my head, but then I might not, and I might know a little bit about them, but but not the full story. And I kind of um, develop my things from my stories from there. And do you develop the, um, when you're like, because I, I'm sort of looking at your new novel, which is Fly on the Wall, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But, you know, um, it's not like, it's not like comic-y. It's like, it's more like, quite you know word like heavier on words I guess than I would have expected for like a straightforward graphic novel so do you do words do the words and pictures come at the same time do you do the words first and then add the pictures like how does that work uh for for me when I'm writing so when I'm drawing the manuscript I don't draw anything first I just write right. just because I know that there's going to be a lot of revision and I don't want to spend a lot of time um, right, drawing something that is going to be that's going to be changed. But when I'm writing, I always I always kind of a very quite a clear idea of which parts I want to be images. So 
I guess to me, the words and the pictures come at about the same time. Right. So you know where the images are going to go like, and what, what sort of their role in the story is going to be. Yes, I know. And then during the, um, but they might not always be right. Um, during, I would do revision and then I would kind of question what, uh, whether this, this part of the story is better in images or in words. And then I just revise accordingly. See, I just find it fascinating because I don't think in pictures at all. Like, I, I, it's just not my it's not my way of, of of going through the world. You know how some people are visual thinkers and yeah. some people. Um, so I just can't imagine how you know where it, it, the best place is going to be for an image to carry the story, and where you know, like how how do you how do you work through that? Um, so when I first write, um, when I for when I write early drafts. I usually just do it really quickly and I don't, I try not to analyze too much and not to edit too much just because if I start tinkering, like editing while I'm writing um, early drafts, I would never finish it. <laughs> right. So uh, I just do it really quickly and I just trust, kind of trust my intuition um, on which parts would be in um, words and which parts are in pictures. And then during the revision process, then I would kind of think about which parts are better in pictures um, for that story. So for example, for Pie in the Sky, it's about these two boys who can't speak English. So um, so there are so most of the parts where they are trying to speak in English, but um, or when they are listening to other people speak English but they don't understand, then those parts would usually be in pictures because uh-huh. then I can I can show um, how um, we using those alien symbols that that's what it sounds like to them. That's what English sounds like to them, like an alien language. Oh, that makes sense. Things like yeah. that, yes. Um, and your novels are, are described, you know, quite specifically as graphic prose. So it's not just, like, you know, there's not just like Remy writes graphic novels, she writes graphic prose. Can you explain why that's the case? Uh, you, you mean why I write in that format or why is that described why as a is, Why that description is, is used for kind of the, the style of, of book that you write? Uh, because it's, uh, I guess because it's a mixture of a graphic novel and prose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you, cannot, you, can't read, you can't read the words, with, you can't read one without the other. It wouldn't make sense. Yeah, okay. Um, they have to be together, I guess. And I guess for now, that's, that's the best description that we've got. And do they prove uh, very popular with reluctant readers? Are they, is that where, like, where, where are they finding their sweet spot in the market, do you think? Yeah, I think it is popular with um, kids who read um, graphic novels and also with reluctant readers. Yeah. Okay. That's, what, that's what I think. Yeah, great. Um, so you said when you start a new novel, you, you know, generally start with the character. Um, so when you're coming up with your character, obviously the, the, um, the visual of that character is, is going to be as important as the, as the makeup of that character's personality, etc. Um, so do you start, do you, um, when you start writing your, your books, do you have a visual, like have you drawn a version of that character before you begin? Yeah, definitely. So when I'm writing, usually, um, so I told you that when I'm writing my manuscript, I just write and don't draw. But uh, but I actually do like um, doodle doodle some stuff on the side, just in my sketchbooks, um, just to get to give me a better sense of who the character is. So I would sketch my character doing different things, um, just really loose sketches, just for me to get to know them. And 
Yeah. And have you been someone who's always um, done that? Like, you know, as a as a kid and growing up, are you someone who has always kind of done sketches and doodles and and things like that to work things out? Is that is that kind of been part of your process all the way through learning how to write these kinds of books? Um, I guess I, I've been drawing since I was a kid and I've been, um, I read a lot of comic books as a kid also. Mm. So I've always been really trying to tell stories with pictures. Um, but the Pie in the Sky would be the first time that I've tried a graphic prose because it was before that I would usually, I would have tried like a pure graphic novel or pure prose, but never a hybrid. Yeah. Okay. And what do you think is the secret of making it work? Like, what do you think is the secret of a successful, um, well, A, a successful graphic novel, but also B, a successful graphic prose novel? Mm, <laughs> uh, there's a big question. Uh, um, <laughs> um, do I know the secret? I don't know if I know the secret. <laughs> I <laughs> I guess I just try to do my best. Um, um, for me, like I need to have a reason um, for the book to be in that format instead of like a pure graphic novel or a pure prose. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, for example, in Panda Sky, it makes sense because they can't speak English, and it doesn't make sense for me to make it into a graphic novel because they wouldn't be speaking a lot. Mm. And so there would be a lot of thought balloons Mm. and I didn't want that in a graphic novel. That makes Uh, sense, yeah. Yeah, and then for Fly on the Wall, um, it also makes sense because it's in the format of a diary and it's about a kid who who is very artistic, so he draws things. And so this, the book is kind of like his, diary so that that format really makes a lot of sense for that story too um so for me that's um having a reason for that format is really important mm. for now anyway. i don't know in the future <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we go um do you write or draw every day is that is it just part of your you know daily life uh yeah i think uh, i'm trying to think it are there any days where i don't write or draw I would think, I mean, some days I don't, I try to keep my, like my work on two weekdays yeah. and leave weekends for doing whatever I want. But usually I end up uh, <laughs> writing something or doodling something. Yeah. Um, so graphic novels are, are very much having a moment in the sun at the moment. Like there's a, there's a huge um, proliferation of them and they're incredibly uh, popular. I'm seeing, I have a, a Facebook group called Your Kids next read and it's it's a thing that um parents and teachers uh, educators are often looking for at the moment they're looking for recommendations obviously they're very popular why do you think they're so popular at the moment like what's do you think it is um that's brought them you know to the fore the way that they they have become um i don't know because i've been reading comics since i was a kid mm, me too. <laughs> so they have always been really popular with me um uh but i think if you want to look at like the general like population, I want to say I think it started with Smile, mm, um, yeah, that comic book, um, and then it started gaining um, popularity, and then people start looking at comic books as, uh, in a different way. So I think a lot of people think that comic books is just about superheroes, but it's really not. There's so many kinds of graphic um, comic books. So mm. um, yeah, and I think as they start to discover all these different kinds of things, of books, of comic books, then they kind of realize, hey, these are really good stories. Yeah. 
Okay, so tell us a little bit about your new novel, Fly on the Wall. Where did the idea for that one come from? Um, so Fly on the Wall is about this 12-year-old boy. His name is Henry, and his family treats him um, like he's a baby. So <laughs> to prove to them that he's not a baby anymore, he act, he, he, snuck on a, he snuck off on a flight so from Perth to Singapore. So he did this um, on his own without his family knowing um, where he's gone. So that, that is the, that's the pitch over there. Um, it actually started with um, this um, newspaper article that mm. I saw. Uh, I knew exactly uh, that you were going to say that. Yeah, I saw um, this article online, I think, about um, this 12-year-old boy, I think he's from Sydney, I'm not sure, but he flew to Bali by himself. And when I read that news, I thought, hey, that, that would make a really great story. Yeah. And um, yeah, but obviously the news article didn't say why he did what he did and everything. So I had to imagine all the backstory and everything else uh, by myself. And that's really the fun part of writing to me. Definitely. And it was it was quite a story, that one. I remember seeing it myself because I have a son who's a little bit younger than that. And um, I just found it mind-boggling that he could get on a flight without a passport. You know, I don't think he even had a passport. He did legal. <laughs> he had a passport. He had a passport. Oh, he did have his passport, did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he just got on the well, flight. I had, yeah, and so I went, I did some research and <laughs> you, you can actually fly um, on your own when you're 12 years old. Okay, wow. <laughs> on, on some airlines, yeah. So Pie in the Sky was actually really uh, very successful, um, you know, here and internationally. Did you find the success of that added more pressure to the process of creating Fly on the Wall? Um, so when I was creating Fly on the Wall, um, I think Pie in the Sky hasn't, hasn't really, wasn't really published. Ah. <laughs> so I didn't really have that kind of pressure because... Uh, but I didn't know how I was going to do and I didn't really have any expectations. So basically, uh, when I was writing Fly, I didn't have any kind of pressure. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but now you're working yeah. on a new one, I believe. Uh, so I finished my new one. It's actually all done. Oh, well done. Uh, and yeah, when's, it, so, it, when's it coming out? Uh, it's coming out in May next year, 2021. Okay. And was there? Did you did you find any pressure in in the new one? Because obviously, when you were working on that one, Pie in the Sky was definitely out, right? Uh, yes. Uh, I didn't really feel any pressure because it's a different format. It's a graphic novel, oh, and okay. um, and it's a totally different kind of um, story, I would say. So I knew that. Um, I kind of think think that Fly in the, uh, Pie in the Sky would be um, I don't know, uh, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe more important in a sense because of it talks about immigration and things like that. Yeah. Um, but my graphic novel is about a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really fun book. Um, and I just, and just because I'm writing about my dog and I just, it was just a really happy process, I would say. Yeah. I didn't really have any pressure about it. Um, and also I've kind of, I, I really try not to think about how the book would do if it would be better than the last one, if it would do better than the last one or anything. Cause I don't know. I think that would just uh, be too much pressure. 
Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, um, so yeah. you actually work with several uh, different publishers uh, internationally. Is is that difficult in the sense that you you know you're juggling different deadlines and promotion schedules and that kind of stuff? Like, do you find um, that process uh, of working across different areas different difficult? So in terms of deadlines, I'm actually really just working with one publisher, which is um, the U.S. publisher uh, Macmillan. Yep. Because they they buy the world rights and then uh, they sell it to right. Walker Books here in Australia. So as for deadlines and editing, it's all with just the one editor and one company. So there's there's no confusion there. That's um, right. But for, and for promotion wise, um, well, Pie in the Sky, uh, the Australian version came out like a month later. So there was, so I didn't really have to juggle both at the same time. Um, for Fun on the Wall. Uh, although they both came out at the same time, but because of COVID, everything is done um, virtually. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was a very weird situation. Um, yeah. So what sorts of things do you do to promote your work? Like are you are you visiting schools? Are you doing, um, you know, do you do a lot of social media? Like how do you, how do you promote your work? Um, I go, I do school visits. Um, so in person when I can and then also virtual ones. Um, and then on social media, I'm on Instagram quite a bit, but not on Twitter. Um, right. I find Twitter too fast for me, um, <laughs> because I don't check it all the time. And then by the time I come back, they're already talking about something else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah um, I go there sometimes, but not a lot. Okay. Instagram is, is more my speed. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and are you still working, like, do you, are you a full-time um, writer or are you still, you know, fitting your writing and, and drawing and everything in around, you know, a day job? I know. I'm doing this full-time now. Oh, full-time. Great. Well, that's, so that's, yeah. that's why you can do it, you know, Monday to Friday, hopefully, without having to do the weekends as well. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so next year you've got um, your novel about the dog coming out. Uh, do you have yes. more in the pipeline, you know, going on from there? Yes, so I so I finished work on the dog book that's coming out next year. We've got the cover and everything. Um, and now I'm working on um, a series of young reader graphic novels that that's coming out in 2022. Wow. Um, there are three books. So I'm working on that right now. Okay. So that's a, yes. that's a three book series. Yes. So when you were putting together a three book series, were you having to think about characters that would be able to carry that series? Like was there, uh, did you have to make yeah. any changes? So there are all, um, so it, it's a series, but it's they're all standalones in a way. They have a common theme because they're all there. It's a it's called Surviving the Wild. Oh, right. Um, that's the title series. It's about animals who are trying to survive like changes to the environment oh, that right. is caused by men, right. by humans. Um, so they're all different characters, different right. settings. So the first one is about an elephant, and then the second one's about a koala, and then later on something else yeah wow okay <laughs> some other things <laughs> all right um so where can people find out more about your work Remy do you have a website that they can visit yes I have a website um remylai.com I try to update it <laughs> try to um but 
if you really want to contact me or see what I'm up to, like currently, um, it's better to go on Instagram for me. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. And um, we'll finish up today with your um, three top tips for anyone who would like to create, you know, gra- graphic novels or graphic prose novels. Um, okay. I think I'll just um, – I don't know about specifically to graphic prose novels – but I would say about novels in general. Okay, great. I would say um, just finish the work. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really important, um, especially when you're writing like early drafts. Um, I, I guess that's what works for me, finishing the work, even yeah. though I might think that that early draft um, is terrible. <laughs> um, I can always revise it later. Yeah. And then the second one would be to have fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 one thing that I have to keep reminding myself to have fun. Um, and then the third one, um, the third one is probably to read, to read a lot. Yeah. Yeah, read um, either like if you want to write a graphic prose book, then it's probably a good idea to read many graphic prose books. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to write a graphic novel, then you should read a lot of graphic novels and just to see what's out there. Yeah. Good plan. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Remy. I really appreciate it. Um, best of luck with the new, well, best of luck with Fly on the Wall, best of luck with the new book coming out next year and best of luck with the series that you're currently creating. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre and our online course, How to Write for Children and Young Adults. If you'd like to write fiction for kids and teens, our five-week online course will help you find your voice, create characters, dialogue and plots to fit your age group and write compelling stories that young readers will love. You'll also have your very own tutor providing personalised feedback on your writing. Here's what Tamsin Janu says. My name is Tamsin Janyu. My latest book is um, Figgy and the President. It's a sequel to the first book I wrote, which is Figgy and the World. Before I did a course at the Australian Writers' Centre, I was at uni, I was studying law. I was kind of looking for a creative outlet out of that. And so I decided to do the course for writing for children and young adults at the Australian Writers' Centre because basically studying at uni, um, it was a bit dry and I kind of wanted a creative outlet. So I'd started kind of dabbling in writing here and there. And I really just wanted to learn more uh, about writing in general, about how to write a good book and particularly how to write a good kid's book. Some of the practical things I learned in the course were just, I guess, basic craft things like um, how to write good dialogue, how to create a kind of likeable character. I think the best thing about the course at the Australian Writers' Centre was just really how much I learned and the supportive community there. The course was really great because it really kind of got me motivated to write and it got me excited about writing. I think um, doing the course really helped me um, going into the publishing process uh, because of what I learnt, particularly in um, categorising my book and um, where it would fit in the market. For example, I, I write junior fiction, but at the time I thought I was writing a young adult novel. Um, but through the course I learnt that my voice was very much more um, junior fiction. And so that really helped Um, in pitching it to the right people and to knowing kind of where to 
place my language and the story. To find out more, go to writerscentre.com.au slash children's author. There we go, Remy Lai. That was so cool. Thanks, Al. Yeah, it was great. Really good to chat. I mean, you know, it's a, as I said, it's a fascinating process of mm. you know, where do you start and how do you finish, personally, mm. I think. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm glad we had that talk. And I think her new book will go gangbusters as well. Fantastic. All right, so what are you doing in the coming week until we talk again? That's a very good question. Um, what am I doing? Well, what am I doing? I'm making some plans, checking them twice, going to find out who's naughty and nice. <laughs> I'm doing that. that, (laughs) Still doing that. Um, And I am going to write that newsletter that I've been promising myself I'll write for a week. Uh, And I'm going to be, I'm doing, um, I've got a teen creative writing uh, course at the moment that I'm doing tutoring for. So I've got fantastic, um, very enthusiastic students in that that I'll be doing some feedback for. Yeah. So just, you know, our stuff, usual stuff. What about you? Um, Well, I think this week I'm going to be focusing on, I'm going to call it my 10% week because what I'm really great at is going great guns for 90%, (laughs) as in to the 90% point in a task or project or whatever. And when you get to 90%, it's practically almost done. You could almost move forward, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's the, the great hump is over, but I tend to fall off in the last 10%, you know, just the little things to tie things up. And sometimes you can move forward without tying those things up. And sometimes you can, but not quite. (laughs) And so I started yesterday on doing that kind of thing. And I think I'm going to continue. So this is my 10% week, just finishing stuff off. Okay, great. (laughs) I look forward to hearing how that goes for you. Where do we find you online, Al? Uh, you'll find me at alisontate.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You'll find me on Twitter at, at Al Tate, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Alison Tate Writer. And you, Val, or where do we find you? You'll find me at uh, Valerie Koo, K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. And, of course, you'll find all of the show notes and everything at soyouwantobeariter.com.au. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writerscentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more.